0: Reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. All right. Welcome, everybody, to the Sports Biz Pod. Uh, each week, we sit down with athletes, entrepreneurs, investors in the sports entertainment ecosystem. And we have a very special guest, and it's a unique approach, really, during COVID and how sports are being able to adapt. So today we have Stacy Moore, who is an entrepreneur, also an investor. He is the commissioner of the American Cornhole League, which is a sport that's been able to continuously play throughout COVID and socially distanced, but they built an amazing league. Essentially, think of the MLB or the NBA, but for the sport of cornhole. Um, he is also the managing director of tailgating ventures, resides in Charlotte, North Carolina. But Stacey, thanks for, thanks for coming on the show.
1: Appreciate you having me.
0: Absolutely. So how everything been? Just kind of generally speaking, um, just like getting to know, you know, how's everything been since this kind of tw- start of 2020 for you?
1: Right. It's, it's, it's felt like three years packed into nine months. It's been, <laughs> it's been crazy this, this year. Um, we've certainly been fortunate. We've, we've been able to pivot and make the best of it. Uh, being able to be on ESPN seven weeks in a row during COVID when, when virtually no other sports in the U.S. were on except for the UFC uh was was pretty cool and pretty amazing to pull off
0: yeah that's amazing so you know could you give us a little bit of like an origin story about like how you kind of got involved into you know cornhole or in that kind of tailgate sport type of environment like can you just give us kind of from from day one or how did you kind of get your start into that
1: yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I started I started tailgating with my family, just like most people. You know, my dad and my grandfather. You know, our our tailgates started out at NC State games with uh, putting a cooler in the back of a back of a car and and finding a, a parking spot. Um, but as I grew up and and as tailgating evolved, I just saw that more and more people were spending money on tailgating. Um, you know, and then we grew to you know, tents, chairs, all kinds of gear to all of a sudden we've got an RV and parking in the RV lot at uh, football games and uh, I just saw all this amount of money being spent on tailgating and I said I got to figure out a way to way to capture that what what better way than to make a living tailgating Mm -hmm. Um, so that's how the origin of of my interest in tailgating started and um, and really from there uh, we started inside tailgating as a content brand and the American Cornhole League just emerged from doing tailgating game activations at tailgates.
0: Amazing. And, you know, that's, uh, you know, how how have you seen that kind of progression from, you know, the early days of starting American Cornhole League and maybe when it wasn't necessarily as um, embodied by a certain, you know, American Cornhole League as an association? Like, how did that kind of develop over time?
1: Yeah, so, you know, I just noticed you know, when we were out tailgating, the people were just playing cornhole way more seriously than any other tailgating game. And, and so I talked to a lot of these players and found out that they, they were starting to travel around to play in tournaments. And there were money tournaments popping up all over the place. The more I looked at it, the more I uh, started to view it as a sport versus just a tailgating game. And so after watching it for a couple of years and doing some events around it, uh, I became convinced that cornhole could be a legitimate sport. We just had to put some uh, technology around it, put a broadcast around it, and uh, and take a shot at
0: it. That's amazing. So did you have to, like, file certain paperwork to, like, proclaim it as an official sport, or how, what was that kind of process?
1: No, I think, you know, anyone can go out there and proclaim anything <laughs> as a professional sport <laughs> these days on the Internet, right? Yeah. So, you know, and you'll see in the cornhole world, there are a lot of other groups claiming to be such and such out there. Um, but obviously, we're by far the leader in the sport. We're the only ones – displaying it as a professional sport and putting it on television, have the rules, regulations, doing the research on the equipment. And, uh, you know, we've really evolved the equipment side of things over the last few years. Uh, and so it's been it's, it's, it's been quite a ride for sure.
0: Yeah, and uh, you know I'm I'm a big fan of cornhole. This is a you know backyard tailgating type of game. And um, from from the official like rules perspective, like how is that laid out? Like if you could, you know if you could give kind of a high level overview of like how did the ranking systems work, and how did that? How's the tournament? What's the really the structure behind the actual play of the game?
1: Yeah, so you know early on uh, when we first started the ACL, we we developed the tagline: anyone can play, anyone can win. And so, uh, you know, everyone that thinks that they're, that they're a pro in their backyard has a chance to come out uh, to one of our events and prove it. So, you know, the foundation of our league is, is a year long point system where anyone can play at any skill level to get involved. So, we have five different skill levels uh, in our sport and we have different tiers of tournaments. So we have local tournaments, regional tournaments, conference tournaments, and national tournaments. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that four tiered system and our point system that's associated with that allows anyone to get started with us at any time and, uh, and just start playing. So uh, obviously to comp- compete and, and to qualify as a pro, uh, now you have to play with us for a full season um, and you get to play your way into that division. So if you're good enough, you can be a pro the following season.
0: Yeah, it's amazing. You just you mentioned before the call that uh the first season just started a few weeks ago or early September. What what does the season look like? Like how how many months, um how many games or like what's what is that format?
1: Yeah, so we play, you know, we've been around for 5 years and so we just started our 6th season um here September 1st. We really don't have any time off. So we do our world championships in August. Uh, and then we take a couple of weeks to kind of regroup and uh, launch some new technology and that sort of thing and uh, kick off a new season. So we have regional local and regional tournaments that have kicked off here, here in September. Uh, our primary pro season on ESPN starts around Super Bowl and runs through August. Uh, we have big events every other month uh, that we put on, uh, on ESPN. And we're just looking forward to, uh, to another, another great season.
0: Yeah, that's amazing, and and, um, how I've really been myself personally, and maybe some other people as well. Just like has kind of been um, caught, you know, awareness of the of the league is really through like how you guys been able to mix with other professional athletes or influencers. Um, Could you talk about that? Like how you know you mentioned something with uh, Miami, and you have some other perhaps like UFC fighters. But can you talk about how you've been able to tap into other you know professional athletes or influencers to grow uh, the game?
1: Yeah, so one of the things I, I saw early on was how how cornhole could easily cross into other professional sports. Uh, you know, if you like to play games, if you like to be competitive um, and you pick up a bag and try to throw it to get in that hole, you know, your competitive juices immediately start flowing. And so uh, I knew that we would have a really cool opportunity to to start to interact with professionals and other sports and other professional sports leagues. Um, and we've been fortunate to do that. So we've done... A charity event. We did ACL Charity Day, which was a mixture of celebrities and athletes. Um, and then this past January, we were able to do Super Bowl with Sam Darnold and Daniel Jones for the Battle of New York and pair them up with some ACL pros and a really cool special broadcast for ESPN. And most recently, we had Jorge Masvidal uh, playing the grudge match against Cody Henderson uh, at our World Championships. That was a really cool uh ufc style uh format that we created around that and a lot of hype around it which was a lot of fun um so we're hoping jorge is going to improve his cornhole game and come back uh for some more and, <laughs> at at a date but uh but yeah we you know we got to be on radio row um during the super bowl uh, this past uh, january and uh, that was a fantastic experience and that's actually where cody and jorge first met so mm-hmm. uh, it was pretty cool to uh to, to see that it evolve this year. So we certainly didn't expect it. Uh, just, it just kind of happened and, and the opportunity was there, so we took advantage of it.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. And, um, you know, that's, a, that's definitely a great way to just tap into, you know, UFC fans, football fans that would really like to, to catapult that. Um, can you talk about some of these other things maybe like leading up where you see – um, esports, sports betting. How do you think those type of um, you know emerging markets in sports will? How you guys will kind of uh, maybe p- perhaps implement them in the future? Or what, what are your thoughts on on esports uh, potentially like a video game for coinora league, and then sports betting, people lo- placing live bets?
1: Yeah, we we actually uh, we're actually excited about, about the esports opportunity. Um, we're launching a a casual uh, recreation game when in television. Uh, relaunches on their console they've made an announcement that that we've done a partnership uh, with them so you know if you think of we bowling where you'll be able to play uh, cornhole recreationally on your tv that that should be coming in in 2021 so we're excited about that and certainly we would love to do do a um, do a serious uh, video game with our uh, cornhole pros uh, that's something that we're looking forward to do as well. And gambling lines are extremely important for our next phase of growth. Uh, we we have to we have to have legitimate uh, lines on our sport, and we hope to roll that out in 2021 for sure.
0: Amazing. so, um, have you seen maybe already like third parties or people are already placing wagers, perhaps not necessarily through official sports book, but you've kind of seen that interest amongst the fans already?
1: Yeah, there's been you know, and every time we're on TV, Twitter. Twitter will blow up saying, where can I bet on this sport? I want to figure out how to bet on it. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, so we've certainly seen that obviously, you know, people have traditionally bet on cornhole, you know, whether it be at the tailgates or, or even at our events, doing, doing side money and, and side hustle type stuff that, you know, we have to clean up if we're going to legitimize our, our gambling lines on our sport. Yeah. Um, and we're doing that. And, and our pros, understand the, uh, you know, the serious nature of, you know, once we do have established lines in Las Vegas, you know, what, what that means for our sport and and the opportunity it means for everyone.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. So say someone that goes through and wins, like what's the uh, financial incentive for them to kind of be an athlete and, um, you know, would love to hear about like, you know, the prize money or or really what goes into the rewards of being, you know, a professional, uh, cornhole player.
1: Yeah, so the, uh, you know, one of the cool things about our format is, uh, you know, we do guaranteed prize levels at the at the pro level now. So this past season, we had a minimum guaranteed prize level of of 250 grand. Uh, And even though COVID hit, we were still able to honor that and exceed it here this season, which which we're really proud of being able to do that. Uh, While other sports have had to cut back on player salaries and prize pools and that sort of thing. We're actually able to expand uh, ours and give our players our pro players more yeah. opportunity to win money this season um, and for our non-pros we do a percentage payout based on entry fees normally mm-hmm. uh, so sometimes we'll have some sponsor money that we can seed those price pools but normally we pay out a percentage so the more people that we have enter an event the bigger those price pools get uh, we haven't announced our uh, pro minimum price pool for next season but i expect that to be uh, seven figures or more so uh, I, I expect we'll, we'll we'll hit that million dollar mark, prize money for players. Um, our top player at the World Championships took over took home over twenty thousand dollars just for that specific event. Uh, so we do like to uh, kind of spread out the love as much as we can, and 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 pay deep for our pros so that they can travel to our events and, and keep on playing.
0: Yeah, that's amazing, and the people that are um at the top of the game you know the top earners are are they i'm guessing they're dedicating a lot of, of time to train for this as well but they they most likely have another job or some type of income what what is their kind of lifestyle like are they training how many hours a week or like what does that kind of day in the life look like
1: yeah i think you know it varies for our pros but but in general most of them are trying to practice on average an hour or two a day um a lot of our pros prefer to practice now by playing in events Mm-hmm. um but then we will, we'll have others that don't want to play in events. So they just want to grind it out in their backyard trying to perfect different shots before they come to one of our national events. Um so, you know, there's a variety of different routines out there, a variety of different ways to do it. Uh we certainly have some players that are playing uh, 100% professionally now. Mm-hmm. that's a small percentage of our pros and and we're looking to to be able to provide those prize pools, so that more and more of our pros can be full-time pros, get out there in the community, uh, teach the game to the to the high school kids and, and the younger kids, and 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 get involved and, and, and really give back.
0: Yeah, that's that's great. So, when you were uh, initially starting uh, this this league, or even right now, is there a certain um, sports body whether it's UFC or BMX or or it could be any type of governing body that you you try to emulate or or take best practice like best practices from to shape you know where the ACL is going or is there a certain um, north star that you've been kind of you know following
1: yeah it's been you know it's been really a mixture of things so I grew up as a competitive tennis player believe it or not so nice uh, you know I I, I look at uh, cornhole uh, through a lens of tennis Mm-hmm. Uh, first and foremost, cause you know, you have singles, you have doubles. Um, you know, we have a system where for the most part, you're able to rate yourself and your skill level. Um, and so being able to create competitions with multiple skill levels, I kind of look towards tennis, uh, a lot to do that early on. Uh, we've certainly taken some from, from bowling, some best practices from bowling, uh, has been important. And, uh, and, the, and, and golf as well. Uh, so I'd say those three sports are probably the main sports that I've looked at. And then, uh, you know, the UFC in terms of the professionalism, how they've been able to grow that brand, how they've been able to grow internationally. And, and what Dana White's been able to do, I kind of look at him as, as, as probably being one of the you know, best leaders in all of professional sports out there. Uh, he's just done a fantastic job with, with the UFC, and and I'd love to do similar things with Cornhole.
0: That's great. And you know, in the early days when you were getting this started, you know, brand sponsorship is really like you know, especially how the UFC really took off. They were able to you know make sure that the event breaks even, is profitable, and kind of continues for the long term. But talk about the, can you talk a little bit about the sponsorship, like what brands have you been able to get involved with, like from the early days, and what kind of brands you're working with now, and any type of um, you know, how that how that structure is kind of broken down from the sponsorship level.
1: Yeah. So, you know, originally we started out, uh, we were obviously focused on a lot of the alcohol brands. So, uh, you know, beer and, and, and liquor primarily. Um, we were doing a lot of regional deals, you know, when we were starting out. So we were just trying to get kind of local and regional or, or state tournaments type funded through, um, you know, through those local distributors. Uh, through, you know, some regional marketing people uh, and, and that sort of thing prior to us you know, getting on ESPN. So um, getting on ESPN really is what opened the door for us to, to start taking a national perspective on sponsors. Um, one of the first sponsors we landed there was Johnsonville, mm-hmm. uh, and they've been with us ever since. So it, 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 it's been a real blessing to, to hit a home run with a sponsor and a partner. Uh, that believes in you, believes in the sport, believes in, in what we're doing and has continued to reinvest and up their investment uh, in support of our growth. And so we've really had a great win-win partnership with Johnsonville. And, um, and then we've added a lot of really cool national brands that we've, we've worked with here and there along the way, and we're looking forward to establishing some two-year relationships. So right now we're in the process of, of renewing with Johnsonville And we're looking to add uh, those other three to five key sponsors that want to dominate the sport of cornhole with us for the next two years.
0: Mm -hmm. It's amazing. Um, When you were uh, getting into ESPN as like a distribution partner, um, what was that kind of how, – how did that progress? You know, getting anything on ESPN can be difficult. And, you know, ESPN and UFC have a great partnership. But in the earlier days, like, that was difficult to kind of convince ESPN that it was worth it. You talk yeah. about, like, how that – you know, how are you able to pull that off, you know, from securing that?
1: Yeah, so we uh, – you know, we convinced them to give us a shot on ESPN 3 uh, in our first year. Um, and that just <laughs> – that just took some selling um, and i think because we we're on espn3 and we were willing to make the investment in the broadcast to do it um they said hey why not you know let's check it out <laughs> let's see what happens here um and so you know we were really fortunate to to do a professional broadcast at our at our first championship event uh on espn3 and you know it just kind of came around you know i, I was expecting it was going to be probably you know, a three-year process for us to get on linear television or to have a shot at, at ESPN uh, 2 or ESPN. But it was probably six month, uh, six weeks before our second championships. Uh, I got a call from, from ESPN, um, and it wasn't the, the, the normal person that I dealt with, and, so, and they said, uh, hey, you know, we were checking out what you did at your last world championships, and, you know, this summer, we have an open spot on ESPN 2 on a Saturday, uh, would you be interested in, in, in doing a broadcast, you know, and testing it out there? So obviously I was like, absolutely, <laughs> you know, we'd love to do it. What does that mean to do, go, go to a linear show versus a digital show? I had no idea. So um, I got thrown in the fire on that one. And, uh, and, and uh, but I'm, I'm glad we were able to pull it off. We went viral um, during that broadcast with, with no cross promotion whatsoever. And I've been doing really good ratings uh, ever since.
0: That's great. So maybe looking forward to like next five or 10 years, especially when, um, you know, COVID hopefully subsides and there's a vaccine and, and in-person events are in, you know, um, you know, acceptable. And then obviously gaming, esports, betting, all these other things we were just discussed. But what's your kind of like bold prediction? Um, what, where do you see the league in, in five to 10 years? Where would you like it to be?
1: Yeah, so obviously, so we, we, you know, we finished our first uh, five years, or we just had our, our fifth uh, world championships. I've been around for four and a half years, but, um, uh, yeah, we, we kind of announced a, a vision of fives for the next five years. You know, we, we want to get to a minimum of a $5 million price pool for our pros. We want to have over 500,000 people playing organized pole with us uh, here in the U.S. Uh, and, and around the world. Uh, And we want to be in 50 different countries. So uh, we want to have organized cornhole in 50 different countries within five years. So I think that international expansion is key. Uh, And hopefully along with that, we'll be able to develop cornhole into an Olympic sport.
0: That's amazing. Olympic sport. That'd be, that'd be great to see that. Um, Well, um, thanks for uh, coming on the show. Is there anything else, any exciting projects that you're working on right now that you'd like to showcase um, or any ways to kind of continuously follow up uh, with what, uh, the Cornhole League is doing.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, be on the lookout for some special announcements here here this fall. I think we're going to put together some really cool special events. We actually have an ACL Pros with Joe's event going on this weekend in Galveston, Texas. Um, and, and we look forward to doing some other special events here in the fall, leading into our National College Cornhole Championship over New Year's down in Myrtle Beach.
0: That's amazing. where, where can, uh, where can people find you like on social media website, all that, all the details.
1: Yeah. Check us out at, uh, I and, uh, you can find all of our social handles on there.
0: That's great. That's great. And anyone listening, uh, if you, if you want to sign up, I'll be your, uh, your partner to, to compete in the tournament. So whenever the next ones is, I'll maybe, uh, sign up and, and try to try to go forward there.
1: Sounds good. Nick. I hope to see you out there.
0: Absolutely. Thanks, Stacey. And uh, it was a great interview. Go check out what they're doing with American Cornhole League and uh, keep up the great work.
1: Thank you.